0: EAT, formerly known as Pesia's Kitchen, is an Israeli nonprofit and Good People Fund grantee combating food waste while elevating food justice for under resourced populations and communities. EAT co founder and president Gideon Ben Ami and EAT executive director Yoni Ben Ami are a father and son team inspired to make impact by Gideon's late grandmother, Pesia. In this episode of Good People Talk, Gideon and Yoni speak with GPF Executive Director Naomi Eisenberger. Here they are in conversation. This is really a, a generational story that began with a woman whose name is Pesia. Gideon, since you're the elder in this pair, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about Pesia.
1: Pesia was my grandmother who I've never met. She uh, passed away before I was born in Israel. But in a little shtetl, a little village in old Poland, she was known and became a legendary figure because she was known to be able to feed all those who didn't have enough food to feed their families. They would come by Pesia and check with her what she might have to donate and give them. And and that's what we grew up with, uh, knowing that this widow with uh, seven of her own children in a small village uh, was able to help so many people. And and this was always an inspiration for us to not waste food and look for those who need excess surplus food. We had in the restaurant industry that we were in for many years.
0: It's not by chance that both you and Yoni have had a career in food. Yoni, tell us a little bit about your background.
2: I t- took off after my dad. Uh, my background is from the uh, food and uh, hospitality and uh, service industry, so I ran a lot of uh, restaurants and cafes here in uh, uh, Israel. I actually, at the beginning of the corona, COVID, uh, I closed the restaurant and uh, I joined here, my dad, at Pesia's and uh, started volunteering, uh, helping him out on day-to-day actions. So that's my background. I think the the hospitality part and service part, uh, besides the the food part, where actually we're dealing here with food, uh, which is always helping. But uh, the hospitality part and service part, I think, also is something that that we're bringing here to Pescia's Kitchen um, because we see the people who come and pick up food as as not just people who who need. Uh, or or needy people or or something like that. We we see them as as more as, as clients and people who we want to serve and people who we want to help. Uh, so I think that's also something that we both are bringing from our backgrounds uh, to this amuta.
0: It was very obvious from me when I first met you, Gideon, that this was an issue of hospitality, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it wasn't just giving somebody food. It was, I think that's what guided you to say, you know, that having sufficient food is a God-given right.
1: Yes, yes. We, uh, in in 2011, the country had accepted uh, thousands of uh, asylum seekers from Africa, mainly from uh, Sudan and Eritrea, in the southern border with Egypt. And they allowed them to come in, and they were for a year or two in a sort of uh, army base A kind of a camp, and they weren't allowed to leave. But all of a sudden, a decision was made to ship them all to Tel Aviv, to South Tel Aviv, and actually dump people, busloads of people, in a park, in a community park. And there they were, a couple of thousand people without proper clothing. It was winter, very cold winter and rain, no food facility, no bathroom facilities. It was just a horrifying humanitarian situation that was really sad very sad and uh, the city's mayor decided to come and uh, and and reach out to those people and i was a part of a program that the city uh, sponsored with uh, several tents large tents and beds and i was in charge of getting food service 24/7 for about 6 months that's where i think we met Yes, When you observed me doing that work over there and you asked me, what, what else can we do? And I said, well, we need some breakfast because all these people were waiting till nighttime when some people came by with some food donations. And we actually did a, an offsite restaurant and uh, we did breakfast and dinners and, and beverages all day long. And this was really uh, a learning experience and it, it really shook us up. As we were doing that, we started learning about the tremendous amount of food waste, tremendous surplus of food. And then that's what triggered us to look into it further and see what we can do to alleviate hunger in every form, even mild chronic uh, hunger to severe hunger. And how can we get this food to people and have impact, uh, a bigger impact? And that's where we decided to scale up and start to have neighborhood hubs where we distribute a lot of food. And that's really, you're right. So really the asylum seeking community and refugees that came to South Tel Aviv with children that were hungry. And uh, we paid a lot of attention to that because at the time there were even several children who died from malnutrition and we couldn't have that. We decided that we've got to fight that and uh, that didn't happen later on, years later on. But in the beginning, there was such a turmoil and in the, in the craziness about the whole thing. Uh, so we we felt that we did uh, good work over there. And it really was a uh, great cooperation with the city, I must say, uh, and credit the mayor for reaching out where any other city didn't do that, except Tel Aviv. So we really started in Tel Aviv and really with refugees was the bulk of our work. And then we spread to uh, shelters of uh, banded women and uh, uh, people who were addicted to alcohol and drugs and uh, people who were prostitution, uh, dealing in the prostitution field. And we got into all kinds of hostels and uh, safe, uh, safe homes, safe uh, uh, living quarters for people who were homeless. And uh, it just grew and grew and grew and uh, it's been it's been wonderful and very satisfactory kind of work, you know, very, uh, uh, something that we, I told my son, Yoni, here, that uh, if he gets into it, it's quite addictive, this kind of work, and he got addicted. <laughs> he <laughs> and, got addicted. Uh, I also have um, to say that, mentioned that he's, a, he's a, an acclaimed chef, so that helps us a lot to figure out what we're we doing with food. So yes. he has experience, not only a great managerial experience and a great, uh, a logistic person, uh, because we're a very small staff and uh, he's the key to, to the growth of what right. we're doing.
0: But the other thing that distinguishes, I think, Pessia's Kitchen from other similar programs is the idea of food waste. I've gone on runs with Gideon, and I've seen the food that would otherwise go into landfill. What was your, what was your impression when you got into this?
2: First of all, the numbers are shocking. And uh, we're talking about uh, here in Israel, about over 37% of the food that we produce is going to waste. And that's in all different kinds of forms, like uh, cooked food, prepared food, uh, dry goods, baked food, uh, and fruits and vegetables, where in fruits and vegetables, it's around 50% that we're throwing out. Uh, Just another shocking number, 2 million tons of fruits and vegetables are thrown out every year here in Israel. It's shocking, but but to me as, as a chef that, you know, always dealt, dealt with food. Uh, and, and in my restaurants, we would have like a zero waste policy. So I come from a background where we don't waste uh, food, especially not in the restaurant. Again, numbers are shocking, but it's, it's just sad. First of all, we're producing and putting so much energy and water into food that we're just throwing out for no, for no reason. It's perfectly good food. So, so my, my first like impression, as you said, is it's just, it's just, a, it's just sad, you know, to see all this food going to waste. And then when you add to it, there are people that really need it that are living in, 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 in lack of nutrition children or, or food insecurity. Uh, that just makes it even more sad. I think that those two, numbers that 37% of food waste, and on the other hand, uh, over 20% of our community are experienced that lack of nutrition and food insecurity. I think those two numbers were actually the solution. Uh, and that's what my dad saw uh, way back then, 10 years ago, when he started off, as you said, just trying to help people and coming from the background of food, he knew how much food we were throwing out very fast. He understood, okay, let's get that food that we're throwing out and, and let's get it to the people who need it. Uh, I must say that uh, Israel is is no different than other parts of the world. It's the same waste uh, in America, same waste in Europe, in, in most places of the world. And even here in Israel, we're we're not able to get that food to the people who need it. Uh, not enough. Uh, and, and that's why we're here. I want to add uh, the two, two factors here that
1: are important. Israel is on the bottom of the list of food rescuing country. We rescue less than every other OECD country. We want to be more helpful in rescuing more and have more impact by this rescue with the fact that we're able to get it done inexpensively. This is the reason that rescue food is not achieving more because it costs a lot of money, people think, to rescue food. You hear about the... um, a meal for a dollar, a meal for $5, for $3, for $10. We're talking about a meal for a dime because of the way that we operate, the model that evolved over the years with community participation and huge number of volunteers who help us do that last mile delivery makes our model so inexpensive and hopefully it will inspire other programs, hopefully also government programs, to set up this kind of models throughout the
2: country and really eradicate hunger. Not only are we not consuming it, but when we do not actually get it to those who need it, it sits, it rots, it pollutes and releases uh, toxic gases that is second to after right after automobile toxic gas release. There's food uh, waste. Mm-hmm. So again, not only are we not getting it to people who need it, we're also ruining the planet that we live on. Something there really doesn't add up.
0: Between the two of you, share with us what Pescia's Kitchen has ultimately evolved into, because I think that is that is the most profound piece of this story.
1: Yeah, well, I'll t- I'll touch the first uh, program that evolved, which is neighborhood hubs, and then Yoni will talk about the new school program, which which is now in the making.
2: I I just want to say just one thing before you say that, uh, and I think uh, that's something special of of what PESIA is today. It's a a food rescue program, but our special model is uh, working with the community. So we are for the community, with the community, and I think that is, uh, is the game changer of this whole uh, amuta, uh, because we are assisted with dozens of volunteers who help us uh, package and deliver the food uh, to those uh, in need. So it's kind of like the, the x-factor of Fesia's Kitchen and if you put that together with a very modest organization, low budget, low salaries, low expenses Uh, partnering with municipalities to get a rent-free location. And when you put all that together, um, you get to what Gidon said, is uh, that we're proving a model that is rescuing food in an inexpensive way. And I think that's the whole game changer, what we're trying to bring here, what we're trying to show. Um, We're doing it uh, through two major uh, distribution models and Gidon's gonna tell us about the first one that he started. The first one is a a community, is the one we started with in South Tel Aviv. We
1: found a location, a rent-free location on city uh, property. We created a community uh, made up of different non-for-profits, small non-for-profits that are too small to get any kind of uh, service or relationship with the food bank uh, for many reasons. So we decided to serve those groups of community volunteers and activists and uh, people who run the safe houses and the uh, shelters to come over to our logistic site in the neighborhood. And we started to get from our, from our food bank, Leket Israel, Israel's National Food Bank, really the only one to, to ship to us trucks full of sometimes four to ten tons of crates and crates of, uh, of, of produce. And then we have those individuals in the community or activists, uh, they come and pick it up and they do the last mile delivery to a couple of thousand people, which we will never be able to do because we're just a couple of people on a payroll here. We don't have drivers and cars and ability to do the last mile. And the only solution was that those who need it well, they're representatives, so they're directors and managers and of safe houses and all these little shelters, and they are the ones who are our heroes, and they come and pick it up and drive it over there. But then we fell into another program, not fell, we discovered, and, uh, and that's the school educational program of rescue food and uh, getting it to people who need it. So maybe you only can talk about that
2: yeah well just just before that uh, uh, the school program, I must say that uh, this uh, the community hubs program enables us to reach over 3,000 people a day. and in this past year, we rescued and delivered over two million meals. Again, all with the community. To date we have three community hubs, one in uh, Hulon, Jesse Cohen, one in Yafo in the Ajami neighborhood. Uh, One in Tel Aviv, South Tel Aviv, Bensavi. And hopefully after the holiday, uh, we're going to open our fourth community hub in East Jerusalem. We're expanding and we're growing. Like Gidon said, the dream is to have about 10 or or 20 if needed throughout the country, serving those people who need it. Uh, Again, run by the community. Volunteers come in and help package and deliver. Municipalities grant a piece of land. And again, a dime a meal in that model. And it's going down each time we expand. Uh, so that's also a beautiful thing in the model. The more you you give, the, the less it costs. Uh, so that's always a nice thing, uh, even business-wise. The school program is actually a huge breakthrough uh, for us. Um, we started about two years ago trying to educate the younger generation Thinking that these are our leaders of tomorrow, uh, the people who can really try and change this uh, situation, where we're throwing out over 37 percent of the food that we produce, and we started going to schools. Uh, we had schools coming to our site here at Ben'svi, trying to raise awareness. Uh, of course, nobody knew about those numbers. Nobody under nobody even knew. Not even the teachers or principals knew that we're throwing out 2 million tons of fruits and vegetables every year. We took it uh, forward and we started to have like, we started to make like distribution locations at schools uh, where the children and teachers and school staff uh, were volunteering actually, wrapping up the vegetables, uh, distributing it to the community from the schools and uh, we found that the schools, uh, we, again, have everything that we need and want. We have that rent-free location. We have the, the students and school staff that can volunteer and wrap everything up. Those needy people were always right around the schools. Uh, we tried to find the schools that are in low socioeconomic uh, neighborhoods. So that kind of reduced that range for that last mile, which is so hard to do then we got that uh, special bonus of education and, and really trying to change. Uh, because one of the main reasons that I kind of onboarded at the time was to really make a change in the situation, really, really change the this unjust situation where we're throwing out so much food and people need it uh, and, and go national and really solve food insecurity here in Israel. So we started this pilot about two months ago, two to three months ago, with uh, an organization called uh, Derech Far Yosmot Chinuch. And we started a pilot in a couple schools, and the pilot was a huge success. And uh, we've been invited now to operate this food rescue program in all 70 schools of the Derech Far Tikkun Olam program. So this is a really huge breakthrough. And, and really if, if there's a model that can really solve food insecurity here in Israel, it's this school program, uh, especially adding uh, the huge advantage of educating, raising awareness that will you know lead to this change that we so much want. And one other very special thing about this, this educational program, the schools of Derech Kfar and the schools that we've been approaching, again, are come from a low socioeconomic background. At the beginning, we understood that it is a problem to come to a child and say, hey, you're needy, take this food. Uh, when we began the program, uh, we actually got rejected in, in the first school. And they said, no, we tried it already. We bring food to the school. The kids don't take it. They don't want to feel needy uh, next to the other kids that may uh, may not be needy. You know, these are kids in their teens, teenagers, you know, appearances is the most important thing, what people think of them. And, and they rejected it. Even though they go home, they have no food at home. What this program does is the children who actually need the food are, are actually working for it. Uh, And that action is empowering them. Uh, Because when we come to a school, we don't say that the food is for these children. We say the food is for the community surrounding the school. The community really needs it. And and again, it's being wasted. It's polluting uh, the environment. It's ruining the planet that we're living on. So we come to these children and we say, we need your help in helping others. And this action uh, empowers them because the first time in their life they're helping uh, another person, and not always being the person, the, the child who needs help and the child who who needs to get. He suddenly the children uh, experience giving, and like Gidon said, giving is addictive. Uh, this school program is a tool for these children to be empowered, and we advise the staff the teachers, uh, principal, children to, especially the staff, to set an example that those 10 last bags or 20 last bags, take them home, use them, use them for yourself, use them for another person, but let's not waste it. happy to say that uh, one of the teachers in in the first school called me about a month ago and said that uh, it's amazing. And she was like so happy, she said, Yoni, the kids are taking the food home where um, the Revachah did not find the way. The schools did not find the way. So, uh, so if, if something special about this program is that uh, little, like I call it this unknown factor, how to get to that child who really needs food. Uh, so it's very exciting. The future looks bright.
0: I think we should also mention to our listeners something about Pessia's budget. Quite unusual and impressive.
1: We're we're running a budget uh, for the next year. Our budget is $400,000 and it's going to produce 4 million meals. And in my arithmetic, it shows a dime per meal. The lowest possible cost, unless food can move itself and sort of transport itself or manage itself, the logistics. But we are really two uh, employees, one and a half, actually, uh, Yon is full-time and I'm part-time, we may need an assistant here and in this, you know, a couple of part-time assistants, but we're, we're surrounding us are now not dozens of, of volunteers, but hundreds of volunteers because of the concept of working with the community. So the community are our volunteers, the school teachers, the principal himself, the students, the staff, the uh, employees of the school, the maintenance crew. So they work in getting this food to people. And then they win that bag of produce to take themselves to also be food uh, uh, savers and rescuers. And they enjoy it so much. So the schools have been so successful. There are 70 schools who are waiting to, for us to recruit them into the program. Right now, we are in Ako, It's an Arabic school. We are in Tiberia, Tiberias with an Israeli Jewish school. And we're going to be all over the country. And for that, we needed a truck, a 15-ton truck. So recently, we had a philanthropist, two philanthropists who were uh, supporting the lease of this truck and the driver. And we're going to have a certain amount of independence from the food bank, who is now making our deliveries. Uh, we're developing so fast and so in a rapid pace that we needed to have our own uh, truck and driver to be able to uh, to develop more school programs, because we think that that's the ultimate solution.
0: Can you see that the model would exist in another country?
1: I certainly believe so. Very, very simple. It's identifying a neighborhood, recruiting some activists and saying, can you come over to my hub to pick up free produce and give it to your crowd, to your community? Of course it can work. And in the school systems, like Yoni said, it's the best possible location because it's everything. You don't even need a, yeah. to bargain for a piece of land to work from. But we do believe
2: that uh, that this could be scaled up. It's connecting A to B. It's keeping low costs as much as possible, thinking in a modest way. And again, X factor community, community, community. Do it together with the community. That is the only way I believe, or we believe, that we can really tackle this huge humanitarian disaster and environmental disaster together. And again, one of our agendas here is to inspire others. We know that me and Gidon are not going to rescue all the food here in Israel. Impossible. We, part of a huge part of our agenda, is to inspire others set up a food rescue program do it alone do it with other people just you know look up identify the waste identify who needs it get it from a to b and really happy to say that a lot of our volunteers or organizations that come to us are community activists who are doing just that identify a community who needs food they come to us, they pick up food, and they just bring it to them. Uh, it's, it's, it's Like don't said, it's, it's just so simple. It's low-tech. It's low-tech here.
0: I want to thank you both for sharing the passion that you both have. It's particularly meaningful for me to see that this is going on to yet another generation. And I'm very proud of what the Good People Fund has done to to help Pescia's Kitchen become what it is. Thank you. I don't
1: it. Oh, sorry, not only helped us, you've mentored us, you've discovered us, you've been with us all along in this uh, crazy uh, 10 years and uh, very, very adventurous and very
0: fulfilling. And, yeah. and a bit of Meshuggah behavior yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, and thank you again for sharing your time with us.